0: You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. Doug and I had prayed about this and met what we would do on this anniversary, and uh, we just felt like we would uh, informally share the story of Misty Creek with you. Some of you have heard it, but maybe never heard it from the two of us, together, so we're going we're gonna to do that now, and before we do that, I cannot believe that in our presence today, we have the greatest children's choir director of all time in the history of humanity, Cindy Morrison. Woo-hoo! Woo!
1: So, uh, I don't even know if you knew this, Cindy was in the choir with me and Sherry when we first met. So that's where I met my wife singing in the choir, so there's fringe benefits of singing in the choir, right? Yeah? <laughs> there. I'm sorry about that.:
0: uh, So um, I'm going to, have to ask Doug, he's going to kind of, kind of start us off with, with how the idea of Misty Creek first I mean, first began. And then I'm going to pick up on how he and I came together.
1: You know, the idea of Misty Creek dates way back, and this Bible is kind of part of my story, part of our story, really, as a church. When I moved back from California in 1993, my mother gave me this Bible, which is falling apart. I have other Bibles, but not one like this, Mm -hmm. because when she gave me this Bible, it was brand new, and I was falling apart. Mm -hmm. But through the years The power on these pages, which is the very life of Jesus Christ, the words from the Father and enlightenment from the Holy Spirit began to change me. Mm -hmm. And I started dreaming of being a part of a church like that, where we would be under the authority of Scripture, sold out to the authority of Scripture. It doesn't have power, y'all. Otherwise, we have to submit to it and surrender to it, even the hard parts. Even the parts we can't understand. I would be a liar if I told you I understood this whole book. None of us do. But with the enlightenment and the help of our counselor, the Holy Ghost, he enlightens us and he helps us understand this book, which is living and active and which changes us. So three years ago, Sherry and I started praying that God was somehow, there was no name, Misty Creek. We just knew what we wanted to be a part of. Uh, like-minded, equally yoked believers that were just sold out for Jesus Christ, wanted to put him first and follow him wherever that might be. And so I believe through this worn-out Bible and through our prayers and the prayers of many of y'all that that was the the beginning of Misty Creek Community Church. And he, uh, I, I would say so far he's done that, right? He's brought together believers that are sold out to him, Regardless of what this world may say, man, we're going to lovingly proclaim the goodness of Christ. And, uh, and so that's, uh, that's kind of how it started for mm-hmm. us.
0: Beautiful, Doug. Yeah. So years ago, there were people in this congregation who were prophetic. Who from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit knew that one day that my family and I, after leaving this community, after being here, Uh, for nine years and and leaving and pastoring another church in Northwest Georgia for over seven years, that we would be back here again one day. And told that to me while I was serving that other church, you will be back here in this community one day in a different capacity you were in before. I didn't think much about that at first, but it happened. And uh, that woman's in this room, Teresa Duff. She told me that. She was sitting on the second pew of the church that I served in northwest Georgia, and after that service, she said, God's put it in my heart, and I know this. You will be back in the Dunwoody, Sandy Springs, Roswell community, and here we are. Let me tell you kind of how that happened. So I'm, I'm driving down the road one day, and I get this call from Teresa, and she says, Stephen, do you know Doug Allen. I said, well, I know of Doug Allen. I know he's a a fabulous worship pastor over at Donbany Methodist Church. And she said, well, he's not anymore. And I think it'd be good if y'all talked. And I wasn't serving a church at that time. I was getting my accreditation to be a clinical chaplain and pastoral care counselor. And and, um, so I I said, okay. And I didn't do it right away. And then I get another call from Ken Obley. Stephen, do you know Doug Allen? I think it'd be good for you guys to to talk, and then there comes Sally with the text, long old text. She doesn't send long texts, you know that, but long old text, and, uh, and I'm, I'm getting this and saying, you need to call him, here's his number. And within a few minutes, all of a sudden, he's
1: calling me. Well, first, let me, yeah, let me chime okay. in. I get a call from Teresa Duff. Do you know <laughs> yeah. Stephen Street? Well, I know of Stephen. I've heard he's really an anointed pastor who loves Jesus, but we were at DUMC at different times. Well, he'd like to talk to you. Well, I don't have his number. Ding! I mean, within a minute. Mill- I don't even know how you can do it that fast. She sent me Stephen's number. So I called Stephen. And then, man, it was, we, we met at Starbucks. And it was like, have you ever met somebody you feel like you've known them your whole life? It was like that with me and him. And, man, we talked about the goodness of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, Jesus, what are you up to here? This is, this is pretty dang cool. And so. It was
0: cool. And he was right. I mean, we just, we just hit it off. That Starbucks... Over in Dunwoody, let me just say, that's an anointed Starbucks. <laughs> it is. Every time I've ever met over there, I don't really drink Starbucks coffee, but I meet people over there and things just happen. So um, he tells me, he said, you know, we're, we're meeting over in this home and, you know, just just some great folks, just exactly what he said earlier. And I uh, would love to have you come and uh, quote his words and teach us. And uh, we're living in Dalton, Georgia at this time. And, and um, I was like, I'd be honored. So I call Karen up, and she's like, well, yeah, let's do it. And so we drive down a few Sundays later, and, you know, I, he said, teach. So I didn't, I didn't really know whether I was going to preach or teach or whatever, and I just let the Holy Spirit lead, and the message was about the Holy Spirit that day, that he is present and he's here. And then uh, they asked me to come the next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday. We were driving an hour and a half, two hours each time, and within, I guess, probably four or five Sundays, we began to realize God was moving for this community of faith, these believers, to be a church. And shortly after that, right around Mother's Day, because my parents actually came on Mother's Day, and what began is just a handful of people on Mother's Day was 70-some people in this living room. And we're like, God is doing something here. And then just a few weeks after that is when uh, members of the leadership team of the church uh, met with Doug, met with me privately. and asked me to be the pastor of the church and honestly didn't know what to do. Just said, we need some guidance. We need some leadership how to do this. And I I need to do this. If there are members of the leadership team that are here, most of them are here. And if you're outside under the tent, um, so you stand out there, I just need to recognize you. If you are on our leadership team, you know who you are. Would you just stand so we can see you? And I know for sure there's at least one out there, Tom Menifee, that just stood up outside. These are the most anointed, godly men you'll ever meet. They seek the power of the Spirit. They seek the Spirit's guidance in every decision that we we make as a church. We're not looking out just for our interest. We're looking out for God's interest and what His desire is and what His will is. And so when they approached me, And to be honest with you, it was Tom Menifee by himself and me, out on his patio at his house where this church began when he asked me. And I never felt such confirmation in my life. For the first time in 28 years of ministry, I felt like I was wanted and needed. And I wasn't told, you're going here, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you must say this. I was not told that anymore. And as a good friend of mine said last Sunday, I didn't have to kiss anybody's ring to do it. And I'm just, I'm just so honored and blessed. And there is no doubt that this man is anointed with the Holy Spirit. And he's been through some times. You know that he and Sherry both, and their family. We've been through some times. Sometimes when we were in the wilderness and and felt separated. But you know what? There was always Jesus, the song that they just sang. You know you were thinking about Dolly Parton when they were singing that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, isn't it amazing that she can Kelly's phenomenal. Thank you, Kelly. I mean, you represented Dolly in a, in a wonderful way. And, um, just, and, and God has just continued to, to move and to do miraculous things. But, and I want Doug to interject when he's ready to interject because this is just, we're just adding live now. But what I want to say to you, when we talk about the authentic, genuine presence of the Holy Spirit, we know it. We know when we enter this campus, whether it's outside, in here, or online watching, you know. That's what keeps you coming back. You sense the Spirit, and you realize that the Holy Spirit is real, is touchable, is tangible, is a person, not just some being. And that the Holy Spirit is right here with you in the person next to you. You're surrounded by the Spirit, and we acknowledge that. And it's not about what I want or what you want. What does God want next for Misty Creek? And who would have thunk it? We're outgrowing this living room, and this chapel sitting here. It's pretty much empty. Now, the Orbit drama group uses it, but on Sundays, it's not being used for religious services. And Reagan, who grew up in this church across the street over here, just happened to inquire about it. And with no reservation whatsoever, the leadership team across the street at First Baptist says, you're an answer to prayer. We've been wanting that facility to be used for worship again. Yes, it's yours. And for, I believe, a small cost to lease this building, we're debt-free, by the way, God opened the door, and the Sunday after July the 4th, people thought we were crazy moving into a building in July. We began to fill this place, and it began to grow. And even when we went into the pandemic, which, by the way, we've never gotten to celebrate our one-year anniversary as a church because we were online last time. You weren't here last time a year ago, right? And so, you know, we, we, we move in, the, we're growing, and then the pandemic hits. But you want to know something? This church has not missed a beat. The church left the building and began feeding thousands of people, Supporting these shelters who lost funding because of COVID hitting, more people began to be displaced, more kids without food because school wasn't in. So rather than just sitting on our hands and saying, well, we'll just wait, or just watching on TV, you as a congregation said, we're going to do more than that. We're going to get our hands dirty with peanut butter and jelly and other things, and we're going to serve God, and we're going to go to the community, and we're going to take Holy Communion to people's doorsteps. We're going to deliver Easter baskets to the children and the the older adults. We're going to visit everybody from their driveway. We just took the church out to the community, and we are an outward church. We're not an inward church, and that's the big difference, folks, the big difference is that what we do here is equipping you to be the saints of God, to go out of these doors and proclaim the good news of the gospel that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and He is the only way. And we rejoice in that.
1: And, and Stephen, real quick, when we were looking for a place, I called, uh, before I knew about the chapel. Uh, I called a friend of mine who's in commercial real estate, told him about the church and what we're looking for and the area we wanted, would like to be in. And he's like, well, good luck. There's nothing available. Maybe you can check with some schools or something like that. Reagan was talking about this place, a chapel. Hadn't been used for worship in years. And I I was just thinking of this dilapidated shack. Hadn't been used for worship. And I see the place. I'm like, man, are you kidding me? And then we walk in and I'm like, yes! Yes! (laughs) <laughs> and for me, this is—I love this—you know, black box theater feel, but it's still reverent. And uh, but God did that. Holy Spirit did that. Man, we didn't—we we had really no plan. We just had need. And it's that like, Lord, either you come through or, or we got nothing. We fall flat on our face. And that's a scary place to be, but that's actually a good place to be, isn't it? Mm. Where we're, we're relying fully and wholly on him. And, and he has provided for us every step of the way. It's been a beautiful thing to see. And he's going to continue to do that as long as we put him first. Yes. Thank you.
0: And you may be thinking, well, what's next? Well, that's up to God. That's not up to me. That's not up to Doug. That's not up to our leadership team. That's up to God what he desires for us next. I want you to know as a congregation that we are very transparent. Anything you want to know, we'll tell you. Anything you want to know about finances, Ken Obly, He's our treasurer. Raise your hand, Ken, so they can see you back there. If you want a detailed report that's 16 pages long, he'll give you that. I don't know what good that'll do you, but just know that we're not in debt and we have a good bit of money. And, but you know what? We can't get complacent with that because the more you are generous, the more we're going to be able to grow God's kingdom and reach people. And as far as the facility and all, we have a place to worship no matter what. But I think it would behoove you to know that we are growing and we we realize that we may not always be at this location. So our leadership team with much prayer, we're keeping our eyes and our ears open for God may lead us somewhere else. And we will follow him where, where he leads. I will follow, we will follow, we'll follow him where he leads. But I want you to know, unless you hear otherwise, this is where we are. And we would not have had the online presence we have had it not been for this pandemic. And I know it's been a terrible thing. People have lost their lives. People have lost income. But we grew as a church. Our online presence on an average, weekly average, is reaching about 350 people. We have had services that reached over 10,000 people on a Sunday because we boosted it. <laughs> Just to be honest with you. But we do that. You know, you may look at Facebook and say, man, that church is getting a million views. They're boosting and they're paying a lot of money to do that, to get it out there. That's a good thing. It gets the word out there. And so the word is out there. And when you hear people talk about Misty Creek, this is what I'm hearing out in the community, they say that is a missional church. They serve others and they do good things. And you do. You love God, you love people, and you make disciples. That's our vision right there. Love God, love people, make disciples. Disciples, Doug, anything else you want to say, brother?
1: Well, just uh, this. You know, the, the success so far of this church is, is quite frankly simple. We're just surrendered to the lordship of Christ, to the authority of his word. And we try to follow, follow the model of Jesus Christ himself where he says in, in John, you know, I don't do a thing. I don't say a word unless the father tells me to do it. And that's where we want to be. That is a great place to be, on our knees, seeking the counsel and wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And if we continue to do that, y'all, sky is the limit. We're going to be a city on a hill proclaiming the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and this dark world needs to hear it. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. I love you, brother. I love you, brother. (laughs)
0: In the great words of Chris Farley, brothers don't shake hands, brothers hug, right? <laughs> All right. Well, Doug's going to take a, a brief break, break but he's going to come back in here, and he's going he's to play some for us, and um, as I share just a brief reflection with you, you know, when we, we enter this campus, we immediately sense the power of the Holy Spirit, and we surrender, as the psalmist says in Psalm 100. Psalm 100. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We worship the Lord with gladness. And we come into his presence with singing. We offer ourselves to him because the Lord is God. He is good. And we are his people. We are the people of his pasture. He's our great shepherd. And so we come into his presence knowing that He is wonderful and that He's given us opportunities that we could have never, ever dreamed of because it's all about Him. He is here. He's in our midst. And we come to bless Him and we come to praise His name for He is good. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. His faithfulness throughout all generation, and he has been faithful to us. So let us now, in his presence, totally release anything that's on our mind and hearts that's not of him. It could be what you're planning to do this afternoon, what your schedule looks like this week, and just open up your heart and mind to receive the Holy Spirit of God. Repeat with me, Holy Spirit. Fill me. Use me. Speak through me. Think through me. Live through me. And love through me. We know your Spirit is here, Lord. We sense it in our midst. It's in this room. It's it's in our hearts. The Spirit rested on us at the very beginning in the living room of the Menifee's home. We felt you calling us together, bringing us together two years ago today. And the Spirit is with us in this sacred space right now where for nearly a hundred years, hundreds of lives were transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, gratitude is a form of faith. You can open your eyes if you'd like. Gratitude, being thankful, that's a form of faith. Thanking him for how good he is and how mighty he is. And getting out of the bed in the morning before you put your feet on the floor and saying, I surrender to your will. Everything I do today, may it be to glorify you, O God. No matter what I'm facing, no matter the mood I'm in, I might have a headache, I might have an old back, I might have other things going on, stress in my life, but I surrender everything to you, and I will glorify you alone, because you are worthy, you are holy, you are my Abba, you are my daddy, you are the greatest of all times, you are the greatest showman, you are the show, and I give you all of me. Thank you. You know, you are what you praise. It's true. You are what you praise. You are what you pursue. And if you're pursuing after God's own heart, then you become like him. You become more like Christ. And God created you in his image in the first place to be children of God. So what is it that you are pursuing that's not of God? Who or what are you worshiping that's not God? Because you become what you worship so maybe it's television maybe it's your device maybe it's some addiction that you have and you've become that to the point that you can't see any longer through the eyes of faith and so now's your chance watching online with us here in person to surrender the rest of your life your worship and your praise to the holy of holies god almighty God had a plan to fill this place with worshipers again, and he's done it. What's his next step with Misty Creek? Only he knows that, but I can tell you that it's great, it's grand, it's wonderful, it's grandiose. It's beyond anything that we could ever imagine because we've surrendered to him, to be faithful to him alone. You know, he longs to have every part of you, your whole being. He longs to be number one. And yeah, he is a jealous God. When you replace him with other things that have no meaning, that are temporal. When he's preparing you for eternity and he's placed in you by the power of his spirit, the promise of eternity right now. You can have the kingdom, the keys to the kingdom, if you receive him and worship and praise him alone above everything else because he's above all, in all, through all. He is our all in all. He is behold and wow. He is who, what, when, and where. He is taste and see and touch and feel. When you embrace one another in Christian fellowship, you are literally being embraced by Jesus Christ. I love you. I accept you. I am more than accept you. I exalt you as my son, as my daughter. He's the Father's love. He's the maker of ways. He's the ancient of days. He says to you, have no fear. Have no fear. I am here. I am God. I am your Savior. And His Spirit is here. Spirit, come. Come and fill us. Fill this place. Fill our world. The Spirit of God reveals God's truth to us if you're in touch and in tune with Him and you've surrendered to Him, then He will give you the thoughts, the mind, and will of God, the Creator, the Lawgiver, the Sustainer of all of humankind. He will give you what God is thinking. He will introduce you to His Spirit, to the God that you have never known. And He will open doors for you that you never thought possible. You might have thought the Superman roller coaster was an adrenaline ride, but He'll take you on a ride that's immeasurable. That leads to eternity, that leads to abundant life, where there's no more tears, there's no more sorrow, there's no more pain. You see, God, through Jesus Christ and the power of His Spirit that was breathed out onto us at Pentecost, is doing a brand new thing. And God is not changed. He's forever constant. He's forever the same. He doesn't go out of style. He's not just trendy. He is the trend. He's forever trendy. He's forever cool and fresh and funky, whatever word you want to use. Or back in the 50s, groovy, you know? You see, the Spirit reveals truth to us. Paul said, I count my life as nothing but loss. But now that I have Christ, my life is everything. For I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live It's Jesus Christ who lives within me. Wow. You know something that's beautiful? That we learn from the Old Testament and the prophet Jeremiah. God through the prophet says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, Drew and Hutch. Plans for you to succeed, not plans to hurt you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Even if you are moving away to a new job, I've got a place for you. And mom and dad will be okay because they can visit now. They got their injections. And if you fast forward a little bit in Jeremiah, he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Not half heart, but a whole heart. Do you know what a whole heart is? Do you know what wholeheartedly means? It means I'm going to put everything I have into it, to serving you and to serving people and to doing it unto the least of these. Like Brian, our homeless friend, we see him as a sacred person created in the image of God. And as long as he has breath, as long as you have breath, there's opportunity to praise, and to worship, and to grow. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own standing, understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge who He is, and He will make your path straight. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him as your Savior, above everything else, and realize that nothing is impossible with God because He is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask imagine because of his spirit that's at work within us so we give glory in the church but we also give glory to Jesus Christ for all generations he has given this opportunity to know that if you believe in me and you trust me I will take you places you cannot go on your own on your own I will help you realize you can't do life alone And to know, when you surrender to Christ, and you give him everything, that you are a new creation. That old you, that old paralyzed you, you're a new creation now. You don't have to return to that. He gave you eyes in the front of your head, not the back of your head, to move forward, to look forward, to see the endless possibilities. And every now and then, you may look back. And give him thanks for bringing you out of that wilderness to use that woundedness to help somebody else through their woundedness. As Doug has done time and time again through his own woundedness. And if you are tired and weak and feel like, you know, all this that I've done for the Lord, I just feel it's in vain. Remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labors are never in vain if they are in the Lord we don't do it for accolades, we do it to give glory to God, by sharing our story, and we all have a story and Misty Creek, your calling is to go out of these doors and share your story, how God has rescued you, and how Jesus was always there in the struggles, and in the successes, and in planting a church like this one And when you feel tired, you feel like giving up. Remember Jesus saying, come unto me, all of you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is so light. He'll carry it for you. He'll carry that burden and you will cast it into the depths of the sea. He says, come away for a little while. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I am your refuge and I am your strength. In times of trouble, in times of joy, in times of pain, in time of sorrow, I am your strength. David He was weak, he was tired, he was worn, he was the new king, but yet he had been anointed, he had defeated Goliath, but yet he wasn't totally accepted. He was fleeing for his life from Saul. And he says these words, O Lord, you search me and you know me, you know my rising up, you know my lying down, you discern my thoughts from way off. You know when I go to bed at night, you know every single one of my thoughts even before a word is uttered from my tongue. You know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in before and behind. You place your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too amazing for me to grasp, too wonderful for me to comprehend. Where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your spirit? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, even then you are there. Your hand is guiding me. Your righteous hand is holding me fast. If I take the wings in the morning and set sail to the farthest limits of the sea, even then you are there. If I say to the day, become dark, you will say, even in darkness there is light. For in you there is nothing but light. For you formed me and created me and knitted me in my mother's womb, and you breathed into me the breath of life. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance as I was being created in the secret place. How vast and weighty are your thoughts, O God. If I were to try to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And as I come to the end, Lord, search me, search my heart and know me. Test me and see if there are any impure thoughts. And bring me into your marvelous light. For I am convinced, Lord, I am convinced, says Paul to the Roman church, I am convinced that there's nothing that can separate me from you. Nothing in life, nothing in death, no past, present, future. Nothing, not even angels and demons, nothing in all of creation will be able to separate you from the love of God through Jesus Christ. So why don't you, why don't you do what Paul said? He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to offer yourselves as living, breathing sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your act of spiritual worship, to worship me alone. And do not, no matter what the world says, no matter what progressive theology says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's perfect and pleasing will is for your life. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And as we made a hike, this past Friday, up to Stone Mountain, in honor of Hallie Scott, it's hard to believe, five years ago, we lost beautiful Hallie, but God gained her, and she has eternity. And as we made that hike to honor her, and we, we looked out over that, that sunset, and we realized how good God was, that we were surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And as we're reminded in Hebrews, let's throw off everything Everything that hinders us and the sin that tangles us up and and keeps us bound, let us throw it all off and let's run the race with perseverance, the race that God has marked out before us and keeping our eyes fixed and focused on Jesus Christ, the author, perfecter, pioneer of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, and it was, he willingly endured the suffering of the cross, scorning its shame and he overcame. And he now sits at the right hand throne of God. Whenever you get discouraged, whenever you feel downtrodden in your hearts this week, consider Jesus who endured all sorts of opposition from sinners and evilness. And do not lose heart. And do not grow weary. Because he's the great empathizer. He can carry you through those situations because he faces it with you. He was ridiculed. He was made fun of. He was cast out, just like many of you. And he overcame because the power of God was on his side, just as the power of God is on your side. So be governed by the flesh, by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Be governed by the Spirit of God in your flesh so that you will have the mind, the attitude of the Spirit. And you'll have life and peace. He'll show you mercy like never before. You know, our men are studying the Beatitudes. And we're learning how Christians can change the culture based off these teachings that began the Sermon on the Mount. These radical teachings. And it's in Matthew's Gospel when Jesus, he's on the mountainside. He's just left all these people. He's tired, and he goes up there, and he sits down. They won't get me on the camera with this, but he sits down. Jesus, sitting down. Can you imagine Jesus sitting down? How cool that would be? Jesus is sitting down. And then all of a sudden, here come the disciples. They just don't understand things. They just don't get it yet. Jesus is sitting there, and he's decided he's going to teach them these beatitudes. It just so happens that all these people... Are down below, and they hear it too. And these are radical teachings. So Jesus has, has moved away from the crowd. He's on the mountainside, and he's sitting down, and the disciples come to his side, and he begins to teach them, and he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will, not maybe, but they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Then he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for he's going to fill you. If you hunger and thirst for him more than anything else, he's going to fill you. He's going to say, you see, taste and see how good I am. You're going to want more. And I'm going to keep filling you as you feed on the food and drink of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive what? Mercy. Mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see the face of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And blessed are you who are persecuted because of righteousness, for you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people hurl all kinds of insults at you, and they will when you're speaking and teaching the truth. They will. You take the high road, okay? Blessed are those who take on that abuse, those insults, when people speak evil over you in my name, rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets before you, and now they're with me, dancing around my throne. And don't you wanna be dancing around the throne of Jesus Christ one day with no pain, no sorrow, no suffering, no grief, no despair, no confusion? I do. Raise your hand if you do. Woo! Yes! We want to relish in that glory, don't we? But we are nothing unless we're connected to that vine. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. And if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you are nada. You are nothing, but you're everything in me. So connect to the vine. And then you can boast. You can boast in the hope of the glory of God. Sound like a familiar verse from your wedding? We not only boast in Jesus Christ and his glory, but we also boast and rejoice in our sufferings. What? Yeah. We rejoice in our sufferings because suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character, David, and you got a lot of it, my friend, character produces hope. And hope does not put to shame. Hope does not disappoint. Because God himself, he put hope into us and love into us by his Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, listen to this. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. When you receive Jesus Christ and you accept him and follow him and you're sold out to him, he baptizes you with this Holy Spirit. He fills you with the same Spirit. That was with Mary at the moment of conception when God placed that seed, his seed, into Mary's womb. He gives you that spirit. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you were baptized in that water, you left your old self in the water and the new you came out. And then Jesus, Jesus, said to you, I'm pleased with you. I've got great plans for you and I'm going to give you the spirit my essence he pours out into you. So since we live by the spirit, we keep in step with the spirit, don't we? We put our hope in the Lord, and we put our hope in the Lord as Isaiah tells us in 40:31, then he will renew our strength. We will mount up with wings like eagles and we will soar, we will run and not be weary, we will walk and not be faint. As he continues to create a new heart in us. Back to David. Create a new heart in me, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of Thy salvation, and take not thy presence from me. And Zephaniah. Nobody ever says anything about Zephaniah, but listen to Zephaniah. The little minor prophet Zephaniah, he says, the Lord God is with you. He is mighty to save. He delights over you. He puts his love into you. He doesn't rebuke you. He accepts you. He rejoices over you with singing. Now, why are we not reading about Zephaniah? Why are we not reading Zephaniah? Look at that. He rejoices over you with singing. When you're singing, he's singing. When he's glorified, he's singing through you and in you. That's what Zephaniah is saying. This Old Testament prophet knew this truth decades, centuries ago. Wow. He is with us and he rejoices over us. We hope you were inspired by today's message.